Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. It is important that we continue to do what the church does. And um, no matter what's going on this year, the church is thriving. The church is going to go forward. Can I tell you, the gates of hell are not going to overcome the church. They're just not. No matter who's in office, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, even as we start this next year. Listen, we as believers got to keep our faith. Come on, we got to keep our faith. And I'm excited about what God's doing. All three of these stories are people who have come in the last year during covid got saved, got turned on to the Lord, jumped on the team, and got baptized. Come on, let's give the Lord another big hand clap. Listen, we are so excited that you are here with us tonight. And and I just want to tell you, for all of those that are jumping online, we are so glad that you are here. Uh, This morning we had some technical difficulty, and so our team has been working uh, all day to try to get this back online. And so uh, just real uh, quick, I want to tell all of our team that's been here working, doing, uh, how much we appreciate them. You know, there are some people that just can't come right now. For whatever reason, they, they can't come. They have somebody that is has different uh, sickness, disability, what, whatever, and they just can't make it here. And I want you to know that those watching online, it is um, a way that they're staying connected. And so we're glad that you're here. You know, it was Thanksgiving. Is any Anybody have a little leftover fatigue yet? Come on. Come on. Like the first day, it was awesome. Second day, it was great. Third day, you're like, okay, we need to go to Taco Bell. You know, like, <laughs> this is good, but uh, uh, I'm ready for Thanksgiving, next Thanksgiving. Um, listen, we are, look, in my family, we, we all sat around and begin to do, we do this every year. We just walk through, hey, you know, what are we thankful for? What are we thankful for? And I just want you to know that I, I'm thankful for this body. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for what God is doing. I'm thankful that during this season, we've still been able to do what God has called us to do. And so I just want you to know that you are loved, that you are prayed for. Um, and, and, and we really believe that God is doing something here. You know, our world is in a state of confusion. Uh, you, you turn on the news all the time and you're like, what is going on with some people? And it's funny because we have this public discussion over the ugliness of greed and how we really need to all come together, help communities, help people, yet at the same time, we've grown up mesmerized by materialism. It's this idea where we we don't like greed in other people, but somehow, sometime, we close the eye to where we're at. Come on. And 
it's amazing how much pressure it seems, tremendous amount of pressure on people and families to spend and buy and do the next thing. And if we don't keep up with the Joneses, and so there's this pressure to produce that one Instagram moment, that moment that, you know, what looks like you're somebody and you've been somewhere and, and everybody can, you know, you're validated by how many likes have been on your posts and and you know what you may feel like nobody but you you make this post and someone goes oh you're so blessed you're so lucky wow i wish i could be there and what it has done is it has caused us to live lives that have no contentment see because i know what you get to do so now I got to do the same thing. And, and, and here's the deal. The struggle is real. You know, like you, we're actually having parents uh, getting counseling and talking because they can't take their kids to Disney World. And it's, it's like, have you provided a home? Yes. Have you given them food and shelter? Yes. Have you ever put them out in the cold naked? No. Uh, have you been supportive? Have anybody ever abused them? Never. Have you taken them to Disney World? I failed as a parent. Come on, listen, as a society, we live for the next adventure and, and, and I don't know about you, but unbeknownst to all of us, we have all become consumers, consumers. At the same time, it's amazing that depression is up, anxiety is at an all-time high, and now what's pushing us and making us move is fulfilling the next want list. The want list is now the driving force of our life. Church, can I tell you this? God hasn't called the church to be consumers. He's called us to be catalysts. Okay, becoming a catalyst means that we manage what we've been given well so we can make a kingdom, come on, listen, impact. Giving is how we let love flow. Come on, do you, do you ever remember coming to church? There was a time when I was 16, 17, going to church, and there were a couple of older gentlemen that were around the church, and every now and then, they would give you the handshake of all handshakes, because inside of it was $20, and they would be like, God just told me to bless you, and you're like, what? You're like shaking everybody's hand. You know, that's like a motivator. You know, when we used to touch people, it's crazy. But, but you know, pre-COVID, you ain't getting no money like that. But, but it's just funny. When's the last time you really remember someone giving to you? Someone seeing you? You being impacted by giving? Do you know that's a way that love flows to people? For you, it's just a simple tire. For you, it's just a seven brew. For you, it's just a meal. For you, it's just something small. But for them, for people who might be in need, wrestle. You know, we all wrestle with our value and importance and validity at all different times. Even the strongest ones of us, 
that feels firmly planted in the Father's love have moments when I just didn't live my best week. (laughs) And it's in that moment that someone calls you out, sees you, blesses you, and says, you know what, I want to let love flow to you that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm seen and I matter. Listen, for us, we aren't consumers. We are catalysts. Here's what the Bible says, Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 2. It says that you shall take some of the first of all the produce of the ground, which you shall bring from your land that the Lord God is giving you, and put it in a basket and go place it where the Lord your God chooses To make his name abide. I want to pull out just a couple of thoughts for us here. First of all, it's good for all of us to know that what you have comes from the Lord. Come on, let's just leave that verse up there for just a second. It's very clear that, listen, we may say, well, what has come is my hard work. I've done all of it. I've worked hard. I got the degrees. I worked three jobs. I stayed late. I worked over 40 hours. But James tells us that every good gift comes, come on, from the Father. And I need you to know that you may not even know it, but your capacity and ability to hold is totally based on what God has done in your life. Look at this. It says that... The Lord has given you the land. The Lord has given you the place to prosper. The space to prosper. The pace to prosper. Here's the next thing that we see is what you give should come first. Look at this. Take some of your first What we give should come first. There's this idea of first and best that we're going to talk about today that God is very clear, I bless what you give first. The third is this, where you give. What does it say? Give to the place that God chose to have his name abide. A place where you had an encounter. A place where you had a moment. A place where God is moving and you are growing. And that's why we come and we give the tithe. And we give to the local church because it is a place, come on, that you are growing. Can I tell you that nothing that you're experiencing today just happened. The band just didn't magically appear. Stephen and all of our team and all the guys, Brian and everybody who stayed and helped, like nothing just magically appears. And so it's this idea that, well, I don't know if I want to give to pay a bill. And, and, and I want to I talk a little bit about this. The, the Levites did not work. They lived off of all the other tribes so that they could do and be ready when God called them. Can I tell you that the ministry does not sleep? Someone's got to take the call. Someone's got to go to the hospital. Someone's got to pray. Someone's got to be ready to minister when that time comes. 
And so I don't want to kid you. There are a lot of things that we do. And I'm preaching this sermon not because we are in financial hardship. Actually, we are board run. We we have margins that we set for everything that we do. We have a structure and a plan and we're not hurting. But we believe that God wants to add increase to the house so that we can do more. And if we would take a moment and reevaluate what we get to do, then I believe the kingdom is not on how well the the expansion of the kingdom is not on how good the worship team can be. It's not on how good the preacher can be. It's how we begin to resource the kingdom and go further and farther and wider and spend more time, come on, listen, readying the people of God for a move of God. Here's what it basically says. If we're going to be a giver, it requires space, pace, and a place. You you will never give if you don't make the space. Can I tell you this? I remember praying. And for those of you who are single, let me talk to you for a little bit. Come perk a little bit. Let me hear me. Okay. I was in the ministry. I was working a summer camp. I was, I mean, I was fulfilled. But yet I was praying for a wife. But I did not want to make any space. And so I remember when Katie came along. And I was like, hey. She's like, hey. I was like, hey. And I thought that it would magically happen. I thought that she would just run to me and I would run to her. And we would tell these wonderful things of God. And that would be it and it would be done. But here's what was mind-blowing, confounding is I had to stop what I was doing to pursue her. And if I hadn't pursued her, I wouldn't be married to her. And so you will never, come on, there's a little bit of space. Some of us in our budgets, there is no space. Dear God, if God asked us to give a penny, it'd be a struggle. Because there's no space. Then there's no pace. Think about this. Regularly, consistently giving, thriving, moving, regardless of the next want, regardless of Christmas, regardless of Easter, regardless of birth. There is pace that I am on because here's what we are going to unpack today is there is a blessing when we put God first. Not only that, but the place. Let me ask you this question. How, how, many, how many missionaries do you want to send out? How many unreached people groups do you want to be a part of? How many things do you want to do? Look at, everybody wants to be a part of a church that does outreach, but we got to be the church that funds outreach. Everybody wants to be stopped. And, and can I just say this, just because you're night service, I'm not talking to you. I'm really talking to the first two services, okay? And we're online today. But I do think that it's a little disingenuous for the church to be frustrated at our culture, when when God says, hey, and I, I was there, listen, I'm not throwing shade. I remember being young and having a job, and the missionary would come and talk, and I would be so motivated, 
and he was like, and we always had an accent, like a cool accent. And then he would, he would, he would talk and I would be like, wow. And he would be like, if you give these children and this and that, let's do it. But when we took up the offering, I never had anything. Why? Because if you went to my car, there was a McDonald's wrapper, Mountain Dew, come on, Twinkies, Hostess, all French fries on the ground. Here's what I want you to see is that you have seed right now. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all of your increase so that your barns will be, will be filled with plenty and your vats will be overflowing with new wine. Come on, I don't know about you, but when someone starts about talking about my barns being filled with plenty and my vats overflowing, I'm getting hype right now. It's like I the tiger's going off in me. When you start talking about the fact that the barn, and I know you're questioning, you're like, but I'm not a farmer. Just make it in your context. Okay? Listen. There's a couple of things that we pull out from this verse. First, that you honor God when you give Him what's first and what's best. And the second is you honor God when you steward your wealth. <laughs> well, pastor, I got you right there. I don't have any wealth. <laughs> and here's what I want to tell you. Is if you continue to think that way, you never will. You never will. These concepts work in tandem together. And God says, when you give me what's first and you take care of what you have, I'm going to bless it. Come on. We have to have a space. We have to have the pace. And we have to have the place. I've heard it said that uh, the generation that believes in tithing is three places. Um, in retirement homes, nursing homes, and cemeteries. And here's what I'm excited about for the house. We actually have people who believe in the concept of tithing. And I, and I need you to know that um, uh, when you begin to give, God measures in days. God is moving you in years. You give and God... The, actually, the Bible says that when you give and you give your tithe, the devourer is loosed off of your life. And so, listen, there are some people, it doesn't matter how much money you make, because when the devourer is loosed on your life, there are so many things that go awry and go wrong and mess, and you don't have enough money to keep your life rolling. But when there is protection over your life, come on, then you're able to thrive, and even what little you have can grow. That's the concept. Because God wants to be the Lord of the increase. Listen, today my assignment is let love flow. We are all in different seasons. For some, this year was your first actual job. Maybe you got your degree and you, got your, you finally got your big boy, big girl job. And you're like, I'm somebody. I got my degree. I'm using it. Maybe you just got married, moved into a house. Maybe you, maybe you are moving down life's way and you're establishing your life. Maybe you just moved to Northwest Arkansas and you're trying to figure out what church you're in. Maybe you're about to run around the block because all your kids are starting to move out the house. And come on now, the refrigerator is yours. It's yours. 
Whatever season that you find yourself in, there is a question that I think all of us should answer. The question is, how am I going to handle the blessing of money? We are, in fact, in Arkansas, it's the highest per capita. We are in a blessed area, okay? We are. We're just in a blessed area. And so how are we going to handle the blessing of money? Not only that, but how are you going to handle increase? Let's look at four pictures. I, I think these four pictures could help even explain this even more. But one of these four pictures may be your financial picture. First, you may be a cruise ship. Come on. It, turn on the music. Listen, put, kick the feet back. You're not worried about anything. Life is rolling. You are floating along. And listen, there's a song to be sung. There's a party to be had. Life is good. You are headed toward and walking in financial freedom. Maybe it's, your financial picture looks like a normal day. Where you woke up today and there was just a calmness over your financial picture. And when you look out, it's only clear skies. You're blessed. Maybe there's dark clouds. You can see them on the horizon. You know, there are some times during the month where the bills start to be a concern. And you are very aware at night on how it looks and how it feels. And there is some trepidation with your financial picture. What about the hurricane? Some here may be in a financial storm. You have more going out than you have coming in. And in fact, you're in the middle of, you're in danger. Honestly, you're, you're in danger. And, 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 and you're even concerned about losing what you've built See, here's the deal. While all of us are in different stages, as a pastor, I want to see you thrive. I want to see you manage well, come on, and break bondages of poverty off of your life. But I, but I want to be clear. Listen, these stages, these financial pictures have nothing to do with value. Value was given to you by God at birth. We're not talking about value. The Bible is very clear that we don't treat someone who makes this much different than we treat someone who makes this much. Value is absolutely positively the same. But I believe that God, especially in the economy and the world and where we're at in America, there is this stewardship that we can operate in that I think many times goes back to us overcoming some disciplines and brokenness in our own lives. L let me give you another financial picture. Uh, over the last five years, and we do a life group that really helps people with their finances. And I would encourage you to, to get on our app and maybe go check it out. Um, go to welcometothehouse.com and check it out. And, and maybe you're in a season where, you, you know what, I really need to learn some about finances. And can I tell you this? It's really important that you don't feel any shame or condemnation for that. I remember my first year of college, my car got repossessed. Can I tell you that my mom was a very, very hard worker. Um, but she, 
She just didn't have the teaching and didn't understand the value of, of money. And I'm not, I'm not being negative. I mean, she helped me get to where I am. Does that make sense? So I'm trying to give honor, but I'm trying, also trying to give context. But there was countless times when we would get, she would get paid on Friday and it was gone by Monday. And, and where, what, where did it go? Come on, it went to TGIF, baby. We got pizza. We got, you know what I'm saying, two liters. We, we ate out all weekend. And then by Monday, come on, it was gone. And, and by Wednesday, we were praying for a miracle. The truth of the matter is that many of you, that's where you lived. And when we look at these five pictures over the last five years, we've seen people in five different categories, five different awarenesses that we want you to see. Somebody in here is struggling. The very idea of giving and tithing just puts crazy amount of pressure on you. And you're, you're like hyperventilating right now because you're like, ah. But then we see another one is surviving. Some people are just surviving. It, they, it, it's just enough. Some people are tithing. Some people are generous. And some people are extremely generous. And I believe seeing this begins to help us move toward what God would have us do, which is be someone who lets the love flow. Each stage requires another level of freedom. Managing our money requires intentionality. How we handle our money will set us on a course for our life. And not only that, but it will change the trajectory of our life and our kids' lives. Come on. The Bible says that it is, it is the wise and faithful man that will leave a, an inheritance to their kids. Well, can I tell you, you can only leave an inheritance to your children if you don't spend it all. We are not a culture of delayed gratification. We are the culture. Come on. I want the world. I want the whole. You know, like Charlie, what is the, the chocolate factory? The girl singing? Come on. I want it now. I want it all right now. And if I can't, I will not tell myself no. Come on. It's no surprise that when we talk about marriages, and we do a lot, that there are three main issues that marriages deal with. First is communication. It's crazy. Um, we trade talking to each other to talking at each other. Our conversation goes from love and desire to attack. And most of our communication is about fixing the other person. Then the second big issue in marriage is sex. The issues, the, the, the baggage, the, we never saw, we didn't grow up with parents that had any affection. And so, and if we did grow up with parents that were, that were screaming and yelling, and, it was, it's, and so we have to go and we have to, like it's super vulnerable and it's, it's a lot of conversation. But the third, all the time, across the board is money conflict 
how we handle our money and breakdowns of handling money. Can I tell you that money is an important topic in the Bible? One out of every seven verses in the New Testament deal with the topic of money. In the Bible, there are 500 verses on prayer. Fewer than 500 verses on faith. And over 2,000 verses on money. 15% of everything that Jesus taught was on the topic of money and possessions. Okay, let me put that in context for you. That was more than his teaching on heaven and hell combined. Why? Because God was trying to take a spiritual concept and make it a practical point and he could deal with the thing that we dealt with every day to determine where we were at. Why is there such an emphasis on money and possessions? Because there is a fundamental connection between our spiritual lives and how we steward money. Okay, let let me show this to you. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. I want you to see this. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Can I tell you that was a big deal? Cain is the first man born... This is not like a, great, he had a kid. Woo, that happens all the time. I mean, the first family, Cain is number one. Then she bore again, and this time Abel. Now Abel was the keeper of the sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit to the ground of the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flocks and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be, if you do well, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, listen, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you but you have to rule over it i want to pause just a second and i want to give you a bonus thought god wants a relationship with you we talked last week and i want to encourage you if you missed it to go back but a lot of people the transition of giving and receiving is sometimes hard for people. We talked about last week that some people have a very hard time receiving. And and then sometimes we want to receive Jesus as Savior, but come on, not as shepherd. And there's a difference. Here's what I want you to know, that God wants to know you. He wants to love you. I, I, I said that a certain way. It's not that he doesn't love you, but sometimes we reject that love so his love cannot impact us the way that he wants it to. Come on, does that make sense? And then he wants to challenge you. Our response when God corrects and challenges us, 
us determines our trajectory. Can I tell you this? That there are two men that we're talking about. Both of them came to give. Both of them you could look at on the outside and it, and it looked very similar. It looked like two men going to worship, giving what they had. It looked like they wanted what they were going to give to be accepted. But there's a very different outcome. And I think that Genesis 4 verse 3 shows us what happened. It says, in the process of time. In the process of time. It came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Who was older? I'm going to try that again. Come on. Third service. Okay. Cain was older. Who, who was older? Cain, but Abel, when he began to start to produce, he gave his first. Cain gave what he wanted. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. Hebrews 11.4 begins to unpack this in the, in the New Testament, and it helps us understand what is going on here. It gives us insight into this account. Look at this. By faith... Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifies to his gift. And though he's dead, he's still speaking. Why, why is he still speaking? In other words, even though he was slain and even though he's dead, what he did still speaks to us today. Did you hear that? Tithing hasn't passed away. Giving God the first hasn't passed away. Giving God what is first and what is best. Can I tell you the true essence of worship is not giving God what you want, but giving God your best. Come on, somebody. That's why we don't just go to church when we feel like it. That's why we don't worship when we feel like it. That's why we don't open the Bible and read it when we feel like it. But if we truly believe that we give God what is first and what is best, it will change our life. First and best is everything. Now let's think about this. I realize that me talking about finances feels a little self-serving because I'm the pastor here. But the truth of the matter is, it's amazing that if we would take like, like a, a, a 50,000 foot view, we could see that we don't disagree with God's order in the family. We don't disagree with God's order in marriage. We don't disagree that God has an order, salvation, baptism, Holy Spirit. But when we talk about money, we're like, whoa, I don't know how I'm talking about that. Get me saved, help me have a good family, help my kids turn out okay, but don't touch my money. Well, here's the problem, is we can get all of that lined up and your life not be blessed. And so it doesn't matter until, come on, does that make sense? Listen, this revelation will change your life. Put that verse up there one more time just so they can see it. Uh, by what? Come on, say that word. By faith, Abel. Not by logic. But Abel didn't get out a, a Google spreadsheet and go, okay, now if I give that, and he gives that, and, what the, and I don't know, and I think, oh, all right, how many, how many calves do you think we're going to get? And if we have those calves, we can give that, and then we'll take... 
by faith. I believe that if I give you what is first and what is best, that you have my future in your hand. And I believe that you are a blessing and you want to give to me. And some of you are like, well, pastor, if we're going to be honest, dude gave us first and died. Ain't trying to be that guy. Contrary to public opinion, giving won't kill you. Listen, listen. Here's what I want to tell you. Abel's still speaking. Abel's still speaking. Here's the greater concept. Is I don't know about you, but everybody talks a lot about legacy. How long will you speak after you go? It will determine on how much love comes through you. Does this make sense? There will be people that call your name long after you're gone because you were the one to see something in someone. You were the one to say, I'll give to that. You were the one that says, I'll provide a building and a youth ministry and a this and a that in order to have somebody else come in and get their lives touched. Come on. It was evident that Cain wanted to give a token, but he did not want to give his first. His first. God doesn't settle for second best. God doesn't settle for leftovers. God only receives the best because that's what he authors. I need to tell y'all something. I want to talk to y'all a little bit. And it's only because I, I, I like y'all and y'all are the third service and, and, and I want to give this to you. But we grew up, if you came to church and got saved in youth ministry and whatever and had a, had a youth moment, you often heard the preacher, man of God, woman of God, whoever, standing up and go, give your life to the Lord. He loves you and he wants you. And you're like, okay, I just want to be wanted. That's great. But can I tell you the truth is that God really wants him. See, God wants you to give up your life so that he can invade your life so that you can come bring him the greatest worship ever. And that is him. You're bringing him to him. That's what honors him, not bringing you to him. Because you funky. (laughs) You nasty. You fleshly. When you walk in the room, dun, 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 God, I'm here. Oh, we've been waiting for you. No, no, no. God, I have decreased so that you can increase. And now I come into your presence, bringing your word and bringing your presence. And the only thing that pleases God is when God, come on, meets himself in you. Does this make sense? That's why we get saved. That's why we get baptized. That's why we get filled with the Holy Spirit. So that he, his concepts begin to move in us and through us. Listen. As we begin to give. God authors it a certain way. He wants what's first. And he wants what's best. So here's what this looks like for Katie and I. Our first payment that we make. And we've been doing this for over 15, 16 years. Our very first payment is the tithe. We get paid on Thursday. And on Thursday, the first bill that is taken out is 10% 
of what we make. That's the first bill that I pay. I pay my tithe. I don't give my tithe. I pay it. Okay. Why do we give our first? Because that's the way God authors it. He wants what is first and he wants what's best. So whatever's first will be blessed. Listen, and so our, if we're not careful, we will begin to shuffle things through. And listen, if we pay MasterCard first, what's first? If we pay the house payment first, what's first? God, I love you, but shelter's first. Well, well, how much shelter can you afford to help you through the storm? Come on. The truth of the matter is that that extra boat, the extra house, the all, and God doesn't care any about. I'm not saying any of that is bad and any of that is negative. Does that make sense? I, I know a, a guy that has two or three homes and brings leaders and pastors and missionaries and people in and they stay here and this guy keeps getting blessed because he keeps giving. Our second payment, okay, first payment is the tithe. I'm just telling you what we're doing. Our second payment is to our savings account, 10%. You will hear us say a lot, tithe 10, save 10, live on 80. Can I tell you that if you're ever going to have something to give, you got to have something to give. Come on, does that make sense? If God calls you to be a generous giver, God will never ask you, listen, to give what you do not have. But many of us, if we're going to be honest, we've got to manage what we've been given. So if I said to you, hey, I love you so much. I think you're awesome. I'm going to give you 5,000 acres of apple trees that produce. They're already mature. They're ready to be harvested. And because I love you so much, I'm going to give you this. Well, you may come up. You may, I mean, you may break all the COVID rules. You may come up and hug me. You may kiss me because you realize, listen, what I just gave you was this incredible amount of increase. You can sell them. You, you can show up at the farmer's market. Come on. Get your sale on. But if I gave you seed, I love you so much. Here's a thousand seeds. <laughs> Have at it. You're right. What am I going to do with these seeds? Why'd you give me these seeds? They'd be back in the back seat of the car for about three, four weeks. Then the next time I saw you, I'd be like, hey, do you, how's the planning going? And you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just been baby, baby. See, here's the deal. If you devalue the seed that you've been giving, then you will never manage to sow. You will never increase because you have decreased what you actually have. No one takes care of anything that they feel is worth nothing. Come on. Can I tell you that your relationship is worth something? Your marriage is worth something? Your kids are worth something? Your house is worth something? 
come on, lean into this real quick. Your car is worth something. Well, you don't even know my car. I can tell you that you need to sweep it, clean it, get a hose, rinse it out. Come on, get that trash out there. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to move forward, you've got to value. Come on. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs 21, 20. Precious treasure and oil are in the wise man's dwelling. But a foolish man devours it all. Can I tell you this? Tithing allows the blessing to flow. Savings allows your physical, financial picture to begin to grow. So that you now are moving into an opportunity where you can say yes to that mission trip. Where you can go and, and, and do the next thing and go to the next thing. But here's the deal. If we live to the end of our means, you'll always want to. You'll always want to. For us, tithe 10, save 10, live on 80. This means that you have to say no to some adventure. To say yes to the kingdom. And there were many times, and so I'm, I'm, again, I'm giving you a personal description there were times that we went down to one car two or three times. There were times we, we, our kids didn't grow up with the internet. They didn't grow up with cable. They, we were rocking PBS like a mug. My kids didn't even know there were other channels. What is this? And all I'm telling you is if you want to be at the end and, you, and, and, and there has been this Pace and space and place for love to flow. Then here's the deal. You're going to have to say no in order to say yes. You're going to have to say no, come on, to say yes. My challenge to you today is, is the seed that you have been given, is it valued and is it in order? Why? Because God wants you to move, come on, from struggling to surviving, from surviving to tithing, from tithing, come on, to generous, and then extremely generous. This is how we let love flow. The tithe just means the tenth part, ten percent. You may say, well, Pastor, I, I, I've heard that tithing is an old covenant concept. Well, here's what, what I want to show you. Abraham, before he was Abraham, before the law, was Abram. And in Genesis chapter 14, he goes to rescue his nephew Lot. Why is this significant? This is the first battle ever recorded. Abram goes in, kicks butt, takes names gets the spoils, and then meets Melchizedek and gives a tithe. Why? Because it was the first. The truth of the matter is, and, and, and Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 through 20, we, we don't have time to go there, but, but if you want to, to read that, you can. When Abraham increased, he modeled giving. 
What an act of love. What an act of honor that he gave what he had that was first and best. Many say, well, pastor, I would give if I had it. And church, that isn't what God tells us. God tells us we have it. Listen, God tells us we have it. And, 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 and stewardship is incredibly important for us to build the kingdom. I've said this two or three times during this sermon. But who is going to build the kingdom if it's not the saints? Come on, listen. Is a nonprofit going to build the kingdom? Is a Fortune 500 company going to build the kingdom? Or are we going to be the ones to build the kingdom and say, you know what? It's on us. It's on us. We are asking you to take some time and and to begin to pray. Under your chair is a card. Will, will you pull that out? Pull out those cards and a pen. And uh, if this sermon didn't frustrate you yet, uh, you write it on that card, Will. Um, because it's cool. We printed off some awesome cards that are very hard to write on. Uh, we're just testing your faith. Listen, I believe for you as you read this, some of you, your next step is to start giving regularly whatever you can. You've been learning. You've been growing. This is your church. This is your home. And now it's time to begin to sow what God has been revealing and giving to you. It's time. Some of you, your next step could be going and looking over your budget and really taking the time to go, what do I value? Others, it's time to actually start tithing by faith. Maybe you're here today and you're in the generous or extremely generous category and maybe you can take another step to give at a greater measure. I, I, there is a couple that uh, I taught this last year and after I taught it, um, this couple came up to me and they started talking to me. Uh, actually, Jesse came up and said, hey, if you ever need a testimony... I will, I'll do it. And I was just like, okay, whatever. And I walked out. And then he came back three or four months and said, no, I'm serious. And so I said, okay. So I want you to see that this works. And here is a couple that went from surviving to tithing to blessing. And I want you to hear it in their own story. Will you guys play that video for me, please? Hello, my name is Jesse Wood. And I'm Ashley. We've been going to the house for about two years now. We were invited by Don and Mike. And we currently serve on the first experience team. I normally am out in the parking lot, and Ashley is uh, greeting people. Well, prior, I've, I've been in many churches. My dad was a pastor, and, and so I've heard the stories of tithing and tithing and tithing. God will bless you, God will bless you. But it was coming here, I heard Pastor Stephen do a sermon the first, uh, probably the first month I was here. And he laid it all down and it made so much sense. And so I looked at Ashley and we didn't have the money. We were, we were check to check and even worse than that. And uh, so I looked at her and I said, we got to tithe and haven't looked back since. And, and let me tell you, it is the best thing we ever did. 
because God will keep his word and he does uh, bless you huge when you obey him. Since we started tithing, um, the blessings have come in like uh, we now have a savings account. We never had a savings account, never would have been able to. We're able to help other people now um, in ways that I would have never in a million years thought I would have been able to do. We were able to buy a person a tire when their tire went flat. Um, <clears throat> I know that Ashley, when she was working at Walmart, there was many times that she would buy people's groceries for them. And uh, even with the, the gift for the house coming up, that I'm actually able to give to that and find out, you know, what God wants us to give. So there's so many different miraculous things that has happened since we started tithing, but just the fact that you don't have to worry about money anymore. God took that fear away from us by just simply giving and doing what he told us to do. I've been able, I was off of work for four months, and because of us tithing and God providing, that we were able to make it. We're sitting here as proof that if you do what God tells you to do, the blessings will come. Give what you can. If you can't do the full 10% right off the bat, then, you know, do five, do four, whatever you can afford so that you can get the ball rolling on tithing. But the next step would be getting up to 10% because, you know, I'm telling you, it, 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 we're proof in the pudding, you know. I mean, we're, if we did not start doing that, I do not know where we would be right now. We, we were struggling that way. We were, and Stephen says to give it a year. Start tithing, give it a year. And you'll see God move. And we did. If you're considering to start tithing or get back into tithing, I would say do it because God is, he wants you to do it. He wants you to trust him, give him your tithes, give him your offerings, and he'll bless you for it. Come on, is that awesome? Great job, great job. Listen, I believe that you have an opportunity to let love flow. To let love flow. Uh, for the house, I believe that this next year, my prayer is that we get close to where our future home is going to be. And I'm just telling you, I, I don't know what God's going to do, but, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that place right down the street. I think we can gut it all out flip it up, turn it around, and we can minister to a lot of people. I'm just telling you. I think that you can help us let love flow by helping us reach more young people. I think you can help us let love flow by valuing some of our older adults. And here's the thing, is that we talk about this all the time, that we are a multicultural, multi-generational church, and we want to provide opportunity to reach young people and then have our more experienced, our older generation mentors step into that, speak, talk. Hey, here's what I've gone through. Here's some, some, some lessons. On December the 6th, Next Sunday, we will take our annual Heart for the House offering. And if you've been here a year, you already know 
We don't twist your arm. We don't come and say, hey, we got an opportunity for this and we're going to give this. And hey, we, we need to buy a vacuum cleaner, so will you give this? The truth of the matter is, we believe that if we walk through these principles, that every year that you're here, you're going to be moving down this picture and you're going to be able to give more. And I'm waiting for the day. Come on, I, I'm playing. I'm waiting for the day. Last year, we had our first $10,000 check when we did the heart for the house by one person. I, I'm praying for four of those. Come on. I'm praying for a 50000 or I'm praying for... Because here's what I know now. The, the, the board is established. The, the percentages are good. And this is... This is good ground. This is good ground. Maybe you know someone who has a business and they're looking to do some charitable giving by the end of the year. And I'm telling you that this is a place that we can see God move, advance, and love on some people. Here is the takeaway for today. Love will flow when God receives what is first and best. Love will flow, here's the second one, when the stewardship of our finances becomes intentional. Church, never forget the reason why we give. We give because He first gave to us. God is the one, come on, that modeled giving. And today, if this is your first time in our church or first time back in church for a long time, the only giving that you need to do is say, God, here is my heart. That's it. That's, that's, that's step one. For God so loved the world that he gave. Will you allow him to touch your heart? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.